What's up, guys? My name's Caleb. And I'm Ben, and you are listening to Tribal Talk, a Survivor podcast. finished watching episode four of edge of extinction and we got to see a bunch of new things and there's a lot of implications for the future game but one thing we didn't want to talk about right at the beginning ben is reem the queen of the edge of extinction are you kidding the queen i don't even know where to start so i think the queen as well is definitely generous i would actually call her the official greeter of edge of extinction (laughs) she's the only female so i guess that makes her the queen yeah by default so the title i have for her is the same title i've had for her since episode one when she went on and on about not wanting to be anyone's mom not wanting to talk about her being a mom and literally the rest of the entire season so far she has done nothing but be everyone's mother reem is what happens when you invite your mom to go with you on spring break so that's what reem is she's the mom of edge of extinction And I can't wait till we don't have to talk about her anymore. (laughs) I don't think I could have written a better line for her to say when she saw Chris walking up on the beach. She said, and I quote, you're not going to show up here and be treated with open arms. Read the sign, bro. You're not going to come here to the freaking Holiday Inn. Sorry. (laughs) It's the edge of extinction. I mean, she was basically just like, let me lay it out for you. This is how it's going to be. You're not welcome. Me and Keith are both mad at you. Except for when you catch us fish. (laughs) He catches literally the tiniest little goldfish looking thing. And instantly they're like, oh, we love you, Chris. We love you. (laughs) Yeah, it was super funny how they basically flip their moods on a dime. And then when Rick rolls up at the end of the episode, Reem goes right back on script. She's like, you're not welcome here, Busta. (laughs) I think it's going to be like that until something changes up, maybe until they get a former Kamaa member out there. But as long as it's former Manu people going out there, I mean, like Rick, for example, voted out all three of those people. It's Mm going to be a long and lonely time for Rick out on the edge of extinction. Could be. I will say if there's someone who could kind of change the mood out there, it would be Rick just because he's so likable. Yeah, he's likable. He's upbeat. He's positive and he's super funny. If I had to be out there with any of those people, like if I was in Chris's shoes and I was out there with Reem and Keith for I think it had been two days when Mm -hmm. Rick got sent out there. What a godsend. And if you'll remember back to last episode, we were talking about... uh, Um, who we think is going to return from Edge of Extinction. And I said that probably the next person that's sent to the Edge of Extinction will be the one that returns. I really do think that Rick is the one that's going to return. It's just because he's likable and because all of the people on the Edge of Extinction right now are easily manipulated. 
give Keith and Reem a fish and you go from their worst enemy to their best, best long lost friend. And Chris will swallow any line you sell him, hook, line, and sinker. No worries there. Rick is the smartest person on Edge of Extinction. If it has to do with a vote, even if it's a challenge that has a puzzle in it, I think Rick's going to win hands down. And I do think that out of those four players, like you said, Rick is definitely the most intelligent. And that's obvious because he was the only one that I think really knew that he about had a 50-50 shot at best of staying in the game. The rest of them, barring Reem, thought that they were good to go for another round. Mm-hmm. Reem pretty much knew she was going home, but both Chris and Keith thought they were in for another round and they were shown very quickly that they were not good to go. I'm excited to see what happens next with that because I also hope that Rick comes back. He's yeah. definitely the person I want out of those four tours. And here's the thing. He didn't burn any bridges going out to the edge of extinction. He went out happily, you know, and he didn't know the edge of extinction was even there. I think it's honestly his demeanor kind of saved him there, which means if he returns, he's in the best position, in my opinion, out of all the rest of the, right. the people to actually form bonds and move on further in the game. I I really hope to see more of Rick. That's a great point because neither Chris nor Reem nor Keith would be welcomed back by anyone, not even some of the former Manu people. Right. None of them would be like, oh, great, Chris is back. Chris and them are still going to have a huge rift between them. But like you said, because Rick went out on a good note, and I genuinely think that every single member of the new Lasso tribe was sad to see him go. Yeah. He's going to be able to come right back in, fit right back with David absolutely and probably some others as well so to switch gears a little bit here what do you think about Wendy and specifically what do you think about her strategy so far do you think it's a viable long-term strategy for a survivor winner I cannot figure Wendy out and if that's her strategy and her strategy is to confuse and to make the game chaotic I do think that she's succeeding the only thing I don't understand is that she wants to create chaos but she won't own the chaos she steals the flint and then returns it and acts like no one's going to realize it was her she lets the chickens out at night and continues the chicken saga and then thinks that no one's going to realize it's her even though when the new Manu tribe is formed and Eric is like Hey, you got some chickens around? She's like, uh, yeah, some of them are still alive, but we have fishing gear. Oh, God. And the Victoria is like, well, you know, chicken would, you know, really have a lot of protein, would really help us out. And she's like, oh, please don't, don't, don't let, don't eat the chickens. If she were smart, she absolutely should have pretended like, okay, if they don't lay eggs tomorrow, let's eat them. I can't wait to eat a chicken. If she was smart and didn't want it to have in-game implications whatsoever, she could have just done that and she would have been perfectly fine. No one would have suspected a thing. Definitely. So the chicken saga continues and I don't know what Wendy is going for. I love what Rick said, which is that all these people got to stay on the tribes that they were on before and Wendy got to maintain her closest alliance, the chickens. And I thought that was very apt. If she's going for the strategy, which is no one likes me, so they're not going to vote me out because they want to keep me till the end. I think we might be on the cusp of where that's going to work long term because a player like Wendy seems to me to be the person who's going to be voted out early. And if they're not voted out in the first three or four tribals because they are annoying or creating chaos around camp, they're likely going to be able to stay as long as they don't go too crazy, as long as they don't go full brand enhance and throw the rice around, right? Barring that, she's probably going to be able to float through the rest of the game and really not have a whole lot of trouble. 
So Wendy tells David early on in the episode that she has a master plan, to which I assume she's referring to letting the chickens go. And David asks aptly, because he's a smart guy, don't you want to win at all? <laughs> so Wendy, I think she gets the sense, and you can tell from her confessional afterwards, she gets the sense that if she just goes with the flow, continuing to be true to herself, that she's going to be all right, because she hasn't been voted out yet. And honestly, that's perfectly viable for now. My take is sometimes being that really big target as the game goes on, it can actually be a strength because people will use you as a cover for blind sides. They'll say, okay, yeah, we're obviously, we're, we're going to vote Wendy out, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then since it's such an obvious vote, it opens up the opportunity for blind sides and there's tons of threats still left in this game. So I think Wendy's going to sneak through for a while, but I would be surprised to see her at the end unless she's able to pull out some individual immunity wins. And honestly, she's a good swimmer. She's plenty strong and she's smart. You saw her take command of the puzzle during the challenge in episode four and she did really, really well. So I think honestly, she's a big threat. I know I called her my goat watch. And honestly, I think that that's how she's getting so far. Just to move on, the tribe swap was kind of the climax of this episode. Who do you think the tribe swap helped and who did it hurt? I think the players that hurt the most was really the entire original Manu tribe, except for Wendy. So you have David, Rick, Kelly, Lauren, and Wardog. All of them were worse right off the bat. And that's because I think it was Wentworth that said before they had one easy vote. They could have voted out Wendy. Would that have happened? I don't know. But that's who they at least could have said that they were voting for had they gone to tribal for the fourth time in a row. And since Wendy left them and went away, they didn't have that option. So we literally went from a beat up, weak Manu tribe that couldn't win a challenge to win their lives. And then you take them, change your name to Lasso, and then you do the following things. You give them no shelter, you give them no chickens, and you give them no easy vote. There's no scenario where anyone on that tribe is better off than they were before, with the slim exception that there is now a new access to a hidden immunity idol at a new camp that they didn't have before because Lauren had already gotten the idol from the old Manu beach. So Lasso now as a whole, I think is very much worse off. Right. The person that it helped the most, like I said, was Wendy. And that's because she was very clearly on the bottom. She was hiding the flint. She was creating chaos around camp. And I think everyone had kind of accepted for their own sanity those five were going to vote out Wendy. And then Wendy gets a clean slate. She gets to spill on them and say they were mean. Kelly was the ringleader. And she gets to release her chickens. And she's in a good situation. Aubrey wants to work with her. And before, no one was actually seeking her out. Maybe David. So I think mm. it hurt everyone on the Manu tribe and then helped Wendy. What do you think? I agree that Wendy was helped out. I think maybe not that much. You know, we talk about it being a foregone conclusion that Wendy was going to be the next person to go. But with Wendy on the chopping block, the old Manu tribe, how many times did they talk about going against the easy vote and getting out either Wentworth or David? So I think Wendy had a few more tricks to pull. I don't know for sure that she would have been the next to go. Wentworth and Wardog were all about the Wendy vote leading into the tribe swap, but they could have found out about David's betrayal of Wentworth and Wentworth may have been swayed. Wendy could have just let that slip that David wanted to get her out. I could see her doing that. You know, it's hard to tell with Wendy, though. So the person I think it helped the most was actually Aubrey. 
And the reason I think that is going back to the point that you made in episode two of Tribal Talk, that Aubrey thrives with a wealth of information. Right, and now Wendy is fulfilling that for mm-hmm. her. So as soon as Wendy checks in, you can see Aubrey licking her chops, uh, wanting to interrogate her, get all that information out of her as soon as she could. That's a good point. And you could hear the wheels turning in Aubrey's mind as Wendy just spilled everything about all her tribe. And Aubrey had a whole confessional where all she talked about was how happy she was. And she literally calls Wendy a wealth of information and an asset. Wendy probably only has really the surface level information about the former Manu tribe. I don't know if she knows that David has been gunning for Kelly this whole time. I don't know if she realizes that War Dog has been in the power seat and therefore I don't know if Aubrey's actually getting perfect information but she's at least getting the surface level and when there is a merge if Aubrey's still there she'll probably be a lot better off because of it. And you can kind of get that Wendy's kind of a surface level strategist because she says Wentworth is the kingpin basically she's the mafia boss. So Aubrey's eyebrows shoot way up and wow you know but here's the thing now Aubrey has what she needs. She has both a partner, because I think Wendy will easily latch on to Aubrey, and she also has information, though at surface level. I think that this is a great help to Aubrey beyond what she had before. So look for Aubrey to use that information and to use her partnership with Wendy to go far in the game. Uh, the person I think it hurt the most was Joe. And the reason is because Joe has absolutely no strategic bone in his body, and he's trying. Give him that. He is trying to what he calls form bonds, but he's so easily fooled. When Ron and Joe go out and have that simple conversation, I feel good with you. Uh, Do you feel good with me? I feel good with you too. And Joe's like, perfect, great, awesome. I feel great now. I'm totally covered. (laughs) And by the way, Ron looked like the biggest liar oh yeah in that moment he looked joe dead in the eyes and i was like that man is a lying man and their hug was so awkward too if i'm remembering it right joe goes in for a hug and ron ducks his head or something the whole interaction was bizarre so joe's like hugging him and his head is just like in his chin and it is cringy but joe i mean you just tell him something and he just completely eats it so the issue now with the merge though now joe is more exposed now that we've had a tribe swap we're going into kind of another phase of the game and people are going to start thinking about the end game even more than they were before. Right, because now the odds of there being another tribe switch before the merge are a lot lower. Like we probably have one or two more tribals after episode four before we go to the merge and the players aren't dumb. They know that. So his early game kind of strength protection is waning at this point, and I don't think anyone wants him to make the merge unless they're absolutely crazy. They also know he has no idol. So Joe is in trouble at this point. Quick point on the merge, though. So do you remember when the merge was split up exactly the same and Jeffy asked Gavin, the supposed super fan, if this had ever happened before. And Gavin was like, no, no, this has never happened before. And while I was watching the episode, all I was thinking about was Survivor All-Stars when Boston Rob lost to Amber Burkich. Amber, sorry, Amber Burkich. The tribe swap was split exactly the same, except Amber ended up moving to the new tribe which actually set up some awesome moves that led to her sitting in the final seat and winning the million dollars. So Gavin 
uh, exposed as a fraud? Question mark. How can you be a super fan and not know about the first season of All Stars? I don't know. The Survivor subreddit and the Survivor fans on Twitter were going crazy about that same exact thing. I just think Gavin didn't know that one niche piece of knowledge. Oh, come on. I mean, <sighs> it's Survivor All Stars. Here's the thing. The word super fan is about as subjective as an adjective as you can pick up. You know, he's a super fan. What does that even mean? Does that mean he watched all the seasons once? Or So when I think of super fan, I think of Cochran. And Cochran just had every single player See, memorized. Though, I would never, at least from what we've seen of Gavin, I wouldn't put him and Cochran in the same No, not, not in terms of just overall Think about this. Cochran but... is the only player besides JT to play a perfect game. A perfect game meaning... They never had their name written down at Tribal Council until the final Tribal where they won unanimously. Yeah. Him and JT are the only people who have done that. Maybe Gavin will, but he hasn't gone to Tribal yet. Oh, let me back up just for a second. So we did talk about Joe, and I do think it's fun here to talk about the great edit that the producers did where we see Joe and Ron have their awkward embrace. And then... Oh, yeah, this is good. I think it was obvious to most people at home that Ron was lying. Maybe Joe picked up on it as well. You know, doubt it. We all want to assume that Joe didn't pick up on it. He probably didn't. We haven't seen that from Joe in the past, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he picked up on it. But then Ron is like, nah, I'm not with him. And he tells us why. And it's because he basically had Julia whom we have not heard from yet in this season very much. She has had zero confessionals so far. He has her dig through his bag while Ron purposefully takes him to the water hole. So very good move by Ron. Not the greatest delivery or performance to Joe about their <laughs> new alliance. But hey, good move because now he's pretty much confirmed that he doesn't have an idol. But moving on to the immunity challenge. Who surprised you in that challenge? I wasn't surprised by anything that happened. Um, You weren't surprised by Wendy jumping in and then kicking butt? That was surprising to me. Well, she's done that before. She hasn't taken a specific like leadership role in any of the challenges yet, but any part that she's participated in, even with a busted ankle, she kicked butt and she's a great swimmer. That was probably more surprising than anything else, but Wentworth was basically a rag doll in the challenge, both physically and mentally. Uh, Lauren was awful, absolutely horrible, did absolutely nothing. I will defend Lauren though, because on the Lasso tribe, Lauren was the first one that made it to the top of the A-frame. Okay. And that was really important because no one else was even coming close. And she was the one who actually got up there and then she was able to help everyone else over. And people weren't making the human ladder at that point. It wasn't until Joe made the human ladder on the second A-frame where everyone was like, oh, that's how this is done. Thank you, Joe, for showing us the way. But Lauren did make it up there and I was surprised and impressed that she was able to do that. Even though her team ended up losing. So Joe, continuing with the lack of surprises, literally at one point had the entire weight of his tribe on his shoulders. Also crushed the puzzle and destroyed all the other tribes. So He is such a beast, man. It's insane. I have no idea how he does it. If there was a Survivor Challenge MVP, it's Joe. Yeah, I think it has to be. No doubt in my mind, it's Joe. If he's on your team, your odds of winning double or triple. He hasn't lost a tribal this season. He's so clutch. He's so clutch. I mean, if you remember back, I believe it was his season in Second Chance, he did not go to tribal until after the merge because he won every single tribal immunity leading up to the merge. He could end up doing the same thing here, especially with three tribes. 
because he only has to be top two. Right. So the only thing I could see happening for him is if their tribe purposefully loses, which I can understand to an extent, especially going into a situation where he's competing for individual immunity. I think it's their responsibility to get him out at this point so other people have a shot. Um. So if you were War Dog, who, you know, as a swing vote, would you have voted for in Tribal? Would you have voted for Rick or Lauren? I think that War Dog made the right choice. And I thought that most of his options as laid out in the episode were theatrical. Given everything that we've seen from War Dog in this season up to this point, we know that he's tightest with Kelly and Lauren. I didn't personally see a reason why strategically he was better off either way. The false dichotomy here is that War Dog is better or worse off, depending on which way he voted. War Dog was the safest person on that tribe by mm. far. Regardless of who got voted out, Wardog was probably okay, and I think it's because he's the third person on Kelly's alliance, and he's not really on David and Rick's alliance at all. So he's yeah, not really right. targeted by anyone, which is why it ended up somehow being Lauren or Rick, which was so surprising to me. When I saw that Lasso lost, I was like, okay, is it David or Kelly? I guess we're going to finally find out. This proxy war is going to end. They're going to go for each other's throats. We're going to find out which one wins. And it wasn't even brought up. I was shocked that no one was like, hey, what do you guys think about voting out one of the return players right now? No one even considered it. You know what it is. First off, Wentworth not wanting to pull the trigger on David at this point. And it was David thinking that Wentworth had an idol. Every single time David has said, my gut's telling me blank. It's been the wrong hmm. thing every yeah. single time. His gut is working against him. He needs to stop listening to it. I agree. I will also say mad props to Lauren for making the right choice, like we talked about two episodes ago, where she found the idol and didn't tell anyone. Because yep. had she told Kelly or had she told Wardog or if she had told Kelly and then Kelly told Wardog, that probably could have been the thing that made Wardog go, you know, maybe we should vote for Lauren today. And yep. that could have been what voted her out in this tribe of five situation. But she kept it quiet. And from what we know, no one knows about it but her. So excellent move. She could have played it if she had to. And I think that it was obvious to me, and I'm sure you as well, when I saw that Lauren didn't play it, I was like, okay, it's Rick. Because I think she was given very strict assurances from War Dog off camera that she wasn't the one going home. Is it surprising to you how few times the immunity idol has come up in conversation or especially no immunity idol has been played yet? Does that surprise you? It's not surprising to me yet. We're only four episodes in and the players that have the idols right now, which are Aubrey and Lauren, both seem to be focused on the long game. And I think they both know if you're forced to play the idol in the third or fourth tribal, you're not going to probably win the game anyway. That's not to say you shouldn't if you have to, but that means you're in a very bad strategic spot. So why don't you just go risk it all and not play it and see if you can get farther and then play it strategically after the merge, hopefully. And Lauren even said that she wanted to keep it for the merge. What did you think War Dog should have done? The thing that impresses me about War Dog, and they've talked a little bit about his poker background, he is really good at doing probability math in his head. If you remember after the tribe swap, he calculated less than 1% chance of the team shaking out the way they did while they were walking back to their spot. Yeah. I'm easily impressed, I think, by people able to do math in their heads, but that was pretty impressive. And I think that he used that in making his decision. So he knows that Lauren and Wentworth are tight with them. 
and he's less sure of David and Rick. Plus, I don't think that he's intimidated by either Lauren or Wentworth. He'd be crazy if he was intimidated by them in an individual immunity challenge situation. Not that he's intimidated by David on a physical standpoint, but Wentworth has shown complete incompetence in challenges so far. At least with puzzles. Well, physically too. She's just in the wrong spots. Did you see her trying to take those walls? She's like the last one up every single time. The phrase I like to use for people like Wentworth is deceptively unathletic. And I, I don't remember her sticking out in tribal situations and tribal immunities, and but at this point, I think I had a microscope on her, and I'm just shocked at how completely worthless she has been in challenges so far. I think that all factored into War Dog's decision. He smartly chose people who are going to stick with him versus people that you know might be able to out-puzzle him. I think he did the right thing. Yeah, and back on what you were talking about with the tribe switch and the probability, has anyone considered that maybe the person who got the buffs and put him on that platter for Jeff just didn't shuffle them? And they were like, hey, we have a five blue, five green, five yellow, right? And Jeff is like, yep, that's what we have. They're like, cool, man, go pass him out. And he takes him out there and people just grab him from left to right. And then we end up with basically three tribes of five that are virtually unchanged from before. I think it's possible that's what happened. But then again, people probably grab one at random off the plate. They don't just pick one that's directly in front of them. Yeah, I don't buy that production is not thinking about some part of the game because, I mean, so much goes into this show, and especially the Tribe Swap. They want the teams to mix so they get better television. They honestly would, and I think they know that, but it just didn't work out that way. Probabilities just lined up just like they did, I think, in Season 8. Yeah, I mean, statistically, when you have 38 seasons of a show, there's going to be some weird stuff that happens every once in a while. Now, back to the tribal, one thing that was apparent to me is that this is probably the first tribal council that I have witnessed where even the winners of the vote, which in this case would be Kelly, Lauren, and Wardog, didn't seem to be outwardly pleased by it. If Wardog was happy with his decision, he didn't act like it. And Kelly was crying. There was no celebrating. And I haven't seen a whole lot of emotion from Kelly other than paranoia and anger. Frustration. And and frustration. Yeah, exactly. And this time she was just like, you know, this sucks. And I think it was genuine. I really do. I think those five had actually become fairly close, which makes me excited for future votes because I'm hoping that for some reason those four can stay tight, but especially Kelly and David, because if they can end this proxy war that they're fighting, I think they have the potential to go really far because they don't have as big of targets on their backs as Joe and Aubrey do. Joe is looked at as the epitome of the physical threat, and Aubrey is looked at as the epitome of the strategic threat. And neither David or Kelly fall into those buckets. So maybe Mm -hmm. they can work something out and really do something special. I hope that they can. But obviously, they were sad to see Rick go. We were sad to see Rick go. I'm sure CBS and CBS's ratings were sad to see Rick go. I found myself really wanting Wardog to vote out Lauren. Even though I knew strategically for him, like he said, I'm going to do what's best for Wardog. He did what was best for Wardog. But I was just like, man, I love Rick so much. Why does he have to go? And I know we'll get to see him a little bit more on Edge of Extinction, but it's not enough Rick. I need more Rick in my life. 
So real quick, who do you think is in the most danger right now to be voted off? I think because of the nature of the tribe swap, we have the new Manu tribe where Aubrey is the only return player. We have the new Kama tribe where Joe is the only return player. And then we have David and Kelly, of course, on the new Lasso tribe. And out of those four, I think David is in the most danger because, like I said, Lasso or the Cleveland Browns are the most likely to lose the challenge because we've seen them lose four times now, that combination of players. And you couple that with the fact that we've been shown again and again and again that Kelly, Lauren, and Wardog are tight. So unless that alliance breaks down, it's going to be David. So my recommendation to David is go find that new Lasso immunity idol. Go find it. Don't care if they see you, just go for it because there's most likely a new idol on that beach. What do you think? Who's most likely to go home? I agree. I agree with your take. I think David is most likely. Here's the thing. Wentworth knows that he voted for Lauren. You know, it wasn't a unanimous vote this time, especially since Lauren knows that she's the target and she has an immunity idol. I think David is for sure the next man out on the Cleveland Brown tribe if they do lose the next immunity challenge. Also, David's gut has steered him wrong on every single move. I don't think that this is his game. I would love for him to get an immunity idol and play it just because I love exciting tribals, but I feel like even if he does win an immunity idol, he might not play it because for some reason, I can't explain his gut has been just messing up his game so far. Yeah, I really hope that David can figure it out by some turn of events. I hope that Lasso can manage to win a challenge, but we can only go off of what we know. And what we know is those four players have managed to lose every challenge except for the one reward. Yeah, I'm a fan of David, totally. I loved watching his transformation from a scared tiny man to the strategic player that we know he is and the survivor that we know he is. So I'm a huge fan of David. I think he's missing something this season. Well, and I mean, the, the simple truth is if they do lose again, that's five tribals in a row. And the odds of anyone coming out clean on the other end of that aren't that great. You put the best survivor player in that situation and you put them in five tribals in a row getting progressively smaller and mm. smaller, the odds of anyone coming out go down. So I don't think it's all David's choices. I do think some of it is happenstance. The side effect of this season and the way that the tribe swap broke down is we've spent probably near 50 to 75% of this season of Survivor with the same core players. And we've been hearing David and Wendy and Kelly basically this entire season. So as we go farther down, it's gonna be really difficult for me to now understand who these players from Kama even are. Because we've seen them every once in a while, but we don't really know them yet. We're almost halfway into the season and we don't know who these people are, how they like to play the game. We really only know the former Manu slash Lasso people. Well, that's going to do it for us today at Tribal Talk. We appreciate everyone listening. Feel free to leave us some feedback on iTunes at Tribal Talk Podcast. We're also on Twitter, Tribal Talk Pod. Hit us up. Let us know uh, what your thoughts are. We'd love to react to some of those thoughts potentially in our next episode. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time.